Hi dear Krishna, and we are continuing to read this beautiful book called On the Way to Krishna by His Divine Grace, Srila A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami Prabhupada. This is Shravanam Diaries Podcast and I'm your host Sulalita Devidasi. We're reading on the page 73. Those who are trying to realize the absolute truth are categorized according to the aspect of the absolute truth on which they concentrate. Those who concentrate on Brahman, the impersonalists, are called Brahmavadis. Generally, those who are trying to realize the absolute truth first of all, realize the Brahma Jyoti. Those who concentrate on the Supersoul, the localized form of the Lord in the heart, called Paramatma, are known Paramatmavadis. The Supreme Lord, by his plenary portion, is sitting in everyone's heart, and by meditation and concentration one can perceive this form. Not only is he within everyone's heart, but he is situated within every atom of this creation. This Paramatma realization is the second stage. The third and last stage in the realization of Bhagavan, the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Because there are three main stages of realization, the Supreme Absolute Truth is not attained in one birth. Bahunam Janmanam Ante If one is fortunate, he can achieve the ultimate in one second but generally it takes many, many years and many, many births to realize what God is. Aham sarvasya prabhavo matah sarvam pravartate iti matva bhajante mam buddha bhava samanvitaha Quote, I am the source of all spiritual and material worlds. Everything emanates from me. The wise who perfectly know this engage in my devotional service and worship me with all their hearts. Unquote. Bhagavad Gita 10.8 The Vedanta Sutra also confirms that the absolute truth is He from whom everything is born. If we truly believe that Krishna is the origin of everything and if we worship Him, our whole account is closed in one second. One second, can you believe that? But if one doesn't believe and says, Oh, I want to see what God is, he has to go by stages, by realizing the impersonal Brahman effulgence, and then Paramatma, the localized feature, before finally coming to that last stage of realizing, oh, here is the Supreme Personality of Godhead. It should be understood, however, that this process takes more time. When one goes through many years of research, comes to realize the Absolute Truth, he concludes, Vasudeva Sarvam Iti, Vasudeva is all that is. Vasudeva is a name of Krishna. And it means he who lives everywhere. Everywhere. Realizing that Vasudeva is the root of everything, Mam Prapadyante, he surrenders. 
the surrendering process is the ultimate goal, either one does it immediately or after many births of research work. In either case, surrender must be there by realizing that quote, God is great and I am his subordinate. Mm -hmm. Understanding this, the wise man will surrender immediately and not wait to take many, many births. He understands that this information is given by the Supreme Lord out of his infinite mercy on the conditioned souls. We are all conditioned souls suffering the threefold miseries of this material world. Now, the Supreme Lord is giving us the opportunity to escape these miseries by the surrendering process. At this point, one may ask that if the Supreme Personality is the ultimate goal and one has to surrender to him, why are there so many different processes of worship in the world? This question is answered in the next verse. Quote, those whose intelligence has been stolen by material desires surrender unto demigods and follow the particular rules and regulations of worship according to their own natures. Unquote, Bhagavad Gita 7.20 There are many different types of men in the world, and they're functioning under the different modes of material nature. Generally speaking, most men are not after liberation. If they take to spirituality, they wish to gain something by spiritual power. It is not uncommon in India for a person to go to a Swami and say, Swamiji, could you give me some medicine? I am suffering from this disease. He thinks that because a doctor is too expensive, he can go to a Swami who can work miracles. In India also there are swamis who go to people's houses and preach if you give me one ounce of gold I can make it into 100 ounces of gold. The people think I have 5 ounces of gold, let me give it to him and I'll get 500 ounces. In this way the swami collects all the gold in the village and after collecting it he vanishes. This is our disease. When we go to a Swami, or a temple, or a church, our hearts are filled with material desires. Wanting some material profit out of spiritual life, we practice yoga just to keep our health fit. But in order to keep healthy, why take shelter of yoga? We can become healthy through regular exercises and regulated diet. <laughs> Look at that. Um, 
This is so true, isn't it? <laughs> Krishna Chaitanya. Srila Prabhupada. Like the Jagat Guru Srila Prabhupada. He is saying that if you want to be healthy, why take shelter of yoga? I'm, I'm just laughing a little bit because we know cases when people say that if you are a devotee and you want to keep healthy, you, you can only practice yoga to do that. But Let's see what Srila Prabhupada says. He says that if you want to become healthy, you can do that through regular exercises and regulated yoga. And many times you can see Srila Prabhupada, he didn't like when yoga is like referred to simply some gymnastic. Yoga is not that. <laughs> Why resort to yoga? Srila Prabhupada says. Because Kamais Tais Tair Hrita Gyana. We have material desire to keep ourselves fit and to enjoy life by going to church and making God our order supplier. Having material desires, men worship various demigods. They have no idea how to get out of matter. They want to utilize the material world to its best capacity. For instance, in Vedic literature there are so many recommendations. If one wants to cure his disease, he worships the sun. If or if a girl wants a good husband, he she worships Lord Shiva. Or if one wants to become beautiful, he worships such and such god. If one wants to become educated, he worships goddess Saraswati. In this way, Westerners often think that the Hindus are polytheistic. But actually, this worship is not to God, but to demigods. We should not think that the demigods are God. God is one. But there are demigods who are also living entities just like us. The difference is that they have a considerable, considerable amount of power. On this earth, there may be a king or a president or a dictator. These are men, like us, but they have some extraordinary power and in order to get favors from them, to take advantage of their power, we worship them in one way or another. But the Bhagavad Gita condemns worship of the demigods. Du -du -du. This verse clearly states that people worship the demigods due to kama, material lust. This material life is simply based on lust. We want to enjoy this world and we love this material world because we want to gratify our senses. This lust is a perverted reflection of our love of God. In our original constitution we are made to love God, but because we have forgotten God, we love matter. Love is there. Either we love matter or we love God. But in no case can we get out of this loving propensity. Indeed, we often see that when one doesn't have children, he loves a cat 
or a dog. Why? Because we want and need to love something. In the absence of reality, we put our faith and love in cats and dogs. Love is always there, but it is distorted in the form of lust. When this lust is baffled, we become angry. When we become angry, we become illusioned. And when we are illusioned, we are doomed. This is the process that is going on. But we have to reverse this process and turn lust into love. If we love God, we love everything. But if we do not love God, it is not possible to love anything. We may think that it is love, but it is simply a glamorized form of lust. Those who have become the dogs of lust are said to have lost all good sense. There are many rules and regulations for the worship of demigods in the scriptures. And one may question why the Vedic literatures recommend their worship. There is necessity. Those who are motivated by lust want the opportunity to love something. And the demigods are acknowledged as the officers of the Supreme Lord. The idea is that one worships these demigods and he will gradually develop Krishna consciousness. But if one is completely atheistic and disobedient and rebellious against any authority, what hope is there? So one's obedience to a higher personality can start with the demigods. Mm -hmm. If, however, we take directly to the worship of the Supreme Lord, Worship of the demigods is not necessary. Haribo! Those who worship the Supreme Lord directly show all respect to the demigods, but they do not need to worship them because they know that the supreme authority behind the demigods is the supreme personality of Godhead and they are engaged in worshiping him. In any case, respect is still there. A devotee of the Lord shows respect even to an ant. What to speak of the demigods? The devotee is aware that all living entities are parts and parcels of the Supreme Lord and that they are playing different roles only. In relation to the Supreme Lord, all beings are to be respected. Therefore, a devotee refers to others as Prabhu, meaning my dear sir, my dear lord. Submissiveness is a qualification for a devotee of the Lord. Devotees are kind and obedient, and they have all good qualifications. In conclusion, if one becomes a devotee of the Lord, all good qualifications will automatically develop. By nature, the living entity is perfect. Haribo, you are perfect. 
and I am perfect. <laughs> uh, I wish. Meaning, like in the true sense, by nature, but due to the contamination, reading further, due to the contamination of lust, he becomes vicious. That which is part and parcel of gold is also gold, and whatever is part and parcel of the complete perfect is also perfect. Oh, honey to the ears to the perfectionists. Om Purnamadah Purnamidam Purnat Purnam Udachate Purnasya Purnam Adaya Purnam Eva Vashishyate Quote, the personality of Godhead is perfect and complete. Because he is completely perfect, all emanations from him, such as this phenomenal world, are perfectly equipped as a complete whole. Whatever is produced of the complete whole is also complete in itself. Because he is the complete whole, even though so many complete units emanate from him, he remains the complete balance. Unquote Shri Ishapanishad Invocation Due to the contamination of matter, the perfect living entity falls down. But this process of Krishna consciousness will again make him perfect. Through it, he can become truly happy and after leaving the material body, enter into the kingdom where there is eternal life, bliss and full knowledge. Thus ends Srila Prabhupada's books entitled On the Way to Krishna. Wow. Jai, so I I truly wish that this book really spreads out and is read by everyone, especially for the fact that it's really not commonly known why I mean it explains not only why Hindus or Vaishnavas or Indian Vedic scriptures are not polytheistic. It also explains how so many different cultures have a pantheon of demigods, right? Like most developed ancient cultures had different demigods whom they worshipped, right? The sun god in Egypt and Zeus and uh, Thor <laughs> so so it is there and the roots of all of these different pantheons are true they are coming from the Vedic scriptures which are coming directly from the breathing of the Lord so it all makes sense it's one source so why is it there and even you can see in modern culture, modern adaptation of these different pantheons, it is shown that demigods are not all-powerful, right? Right? Like you, you can see like even in Hercules or even... Like you can just see that like they're not completely perfect, even though they refer to God, God of death, God of like heaven, this, that, but 
it's not God, right? So all of this, it doesn't make sense and it makes sense when it's put in perspective of the absolute truth and Srila Prabhupada explains it perfectly. That yes, and we, when we will be, yes, meaning I will conclude this um, line, yes, there are demigods, yes, Vedic literatures even recommend to worship them for particular reasons, if you really have those reasons. But ultimately, the cream of all Upanishads states that if you are not bewildered by material desires, you will worship the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Right? Yes. So, and for me, I, I grew up really uh, like listening to different stories from Puranas and especially Srimad Bhagavatam. And Srimad Bhagavatam, when we will be reading Srimad Bhagavatam, it will be quite <laughs> after some time because we have a lot of books to cover before that. But Srimad Bhagavatam is 18 volumes, 12 cantos, Bhagavata Purana, which really talks a lot about these different stories involving demigods, involving different battles, and involving different stories and storylines, how they interconnect and how it's really fascinating. And I'm sure that if only people would really find out about this and really get to know about it, the world would make sense. Everything just comes into a perfect puzzle when you really come in contact with Srila Prabhupada's books, with Krishna consciousness, and it just leaves you with no um, more questions that are unsolved. And I believe that this is one of the main, main, main reasons why when I was growing up, I was thinking, of course, like I made my own decision to also become a Hare Krishna, to remain in Vaishnavism, to remain a follower of Bhakti Yoga, because you have all your answers over here. So, this was a short reflection after reading the conclusion of this beautiful book on the way to Krishna. Thank you so much for tuning in today. The link to this book is in the description. Please uh, read it on your own as well and share it with your friends. And we shall start the next book tomorrow. So, see you then. Hare Krishna.